syndicate. What's going on, everybody? It's Matty D from the Boston Sports Syndicate, and you're listening to the inaugural episode of Above the Parquet. Now, if you couldn't get it from just the title, this is the Boston Sports Syndicate podcast geared towards Celtics and everything NBA. And I'm not doing this alone. I got two heavy hitters as my co-host, two senior writers at the Boston Sports Syndicate. Introducing first, shooting guard. I'm just kidding. That's just the basketball side getting ahead of myself. You know him from his XFL writings all the way to his Red Sox writings and everything in between. My co-host on the Red Sox podcast to be named later, the Batman to my Robin, Chris Henrique. What's going on, buddy? Hey, how's it going, guys? Leading me off with the XFL stuff, huh? Well, you start, you you give him a little, and then you break him off with a lot and say, oh, okay, he got range. Okay. <laughs> How you guys doing tonight? Ah, you know, doing what I can, just trying to stay busy in this quarantine time. But uh, like I said, I got more than one. I got two co-hosts with me. And you know this guy from his Celtics. He is our head Celtics writer. He also does great work with the New England Patriots stuff. He is also a member of the Fire the Muskets podcast. Derek McVeigh, what's going on, dude? How's it going, Matt? No, you know. You know. Living the dream. Just living the dream, podcast life. <laughs> and this is my first time hosting on the network. I hope I don't screw it up. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it all out together. Yeah, right. This is the journey we're on together. That's right. <laughs> all right. So let's just dive right in, shall we? We're Celtics, who are an NBA podcast, obviously with the season suspended due to the COVID-19 pandemic. I think we should start there. What do you guys think? Seems like a good, good, uh, good starting point. It Not seems, much else going on. Pretty big in the news. Now, let me just ask the first question right off the bat, Chris. Do you think it was? Do you think the NBA handled this properly? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, they were the they were the first league to suspend operations the second that uh, Rudy Gobert uh, tested positive for it. So, um, I think. Adam Silver, right from the get-go, has done everything the right way. And I think the other leagues should take notice as to what he does, and especially around you know this, this crisis that's going on, because, um, you know, it, it, it sucks. It sucks that this had to happen, and there's no sports. There's no basketball. There's no baseball, no hockey right now. But um, it was the right thing to do, and, and he, he, you notice, though, like he's the only one probably out of all the leagues right now, the only commissioner with very little backlash with, with his decisions and how he's handled things. Oh, certainly. You know, the commissioner of basketball, he is showing to be a really great leader and kind of the, 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 the spearhead of all everything sports and how to run your league. Now, Derek, what do you think about how he handled the whole COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, I think, yeah, especially once once you had a player test positive, I mean, there's really no other choice. When you think about how many games they play a week um, and how many different cities they travel to, how many different people they interact with, and just how quickly that could have spread and how um, 
how much more of an issue it could have been. I think they had no choice but to to shut it down. And, you know, from things that I've read, it seems like they were leaning towards that way. All all they were waiting for was a positive test from a player. Um, so I think it, it, Rudy Gobert kind of made the decision easy for them. Um, but like Chris said, Adam Silver, you know, a great job with it, like handling this whole situation. But I just think in general of the four leagues, he is head and shoulders above uh, in terms of commissioners. Like he is clearly the best commissioner out of the four professional sports leagues. Oh, no doubt. Now, do you guys remember the first night uh, when they there was two NBA? It was, I remember the headline: Two NBA players are scratched with an illness. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, I remember like Twitter blowing up at the um, was it the Thunder and Jazz? I think it was, and how yeah. like the the game was delayed, and I'm like, what the heck is going on? And then you know they abruptly cancel the game, and then you know 15 minutes later they cancel the whole season. Um, right. So yeah, I do remember I, I can, staying, I can staying remember up to date. Just thinking to myself, hoping to myself, I hope they just have a stomach bug. I hope they just have a stomach <laughs> bug. And then, you know, it turned out they had, uh, you know, they had the COVID nineteen, and then, like you said, it it all happened so fast, right? There was the delay in the game, then a postponement of the game, and then a few games were actually still being played that night. They played out, and then I believe the West Coast games they all got canceled, and then you know, flash to now, there's no sports. It's so crazy when you think about it. Like, it feels so long ago. It was like two weeks. It really has not like, been that long. Yeah, it's March, crazy. March 11th. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like so long. It's, it's, it's crazy. Now, Chris, do you, we, you guys both mentioned Rudy Gobert. He, uh, you know, I'm not trying to besmirch the man's name, but he was doing some things that was less than appropriate. And then you come to find out that he had contracted the virus. It turned out what he was doing was very inappropriate. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, I thought it was um, after seeing uh, his press conference and like at the end, he's touching the microphones and then he's touching the tables and, and then he kind of, he kind of runs out. I think I tweeted something on my own uh, Twitter they attached like the Kirby enthusiasm music as he was running out and kind of got a chuckle out of it. <laughs> but um, no, it was super inappropriate, you know, and, and, and players on his own team were even saying that even within the locker room, he was doing more of that stuff. And, you know, it's, I think too many people right out the rip when this was happening, um, they discounted it. They, we have a tendency as people to sometimes think that we know more than anything else. And whenever there's something that comes down, especially something like this, we don't want to believe it for whatever the reasons are. And I think there's many people that decided, hey, you know what? This is just nothing more than the flu. Well, we're learning that it's actually not. And you know what I mean? Like super highly contagious, you know, virus. And and, and the NBA has had the most ta- uh, most um, cases positive for this out of mm-hmm. all the leagues. And, and luckily – you know, there hasn't been any more than what has been announced so far. But, yeah, it's very inappropriate. It's kind of like, I hate to say karma, but, you know, it's just, it's kind of, not even funny either, you know, but it's kind of funny. Like, hey, here's a dude that was making a joke of it, and, oh, wow, a week later, not even, he's tested positive. You know, it's crazy, too, is just, yeah, I don't know if it's just because we're all so connected nowadays, but it, it seems like everyone who spit in the face of the virus and kind of poo-pooed it has got it. You know, all these YouTubers who are licking subway rails and doing all these weird, crazy challenges, 
they have all tested positive. So it's kind of like one of those things with don't play with fire, and the people who have have definitely gotten burned. I I agree. It's I you know at work we talk a little about. It's kind of like going to the kitchen when you're a kid and your parents saying, don't touch the hot pan on the stove. What do you want to do? You want to touch the hot pan on the stove, right? (laughs) So I think that's kind of what this is. And, you know, obviously it's, it, it feels like this has been going on for months and it's really just been going on for a handful of weeks and we're learning more and more every day. Um, it, I, I just wish that even as we continue to move on, the people, they're smart about it because this can can blow back up if we're not if we're not being smart and then there'll be no sports right yeah we need sports i mean we need to get that outlet every night because it has been crazy i can't tell you guys how many times i've looked at my espn app or my fantasy team and then oh yeah there's nothing <laughs> so you can't you can't play with fire. you got to stay inside and do your part now what is nice to see is christian woods and uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, the more the highest uh, players that were tested positive, have all seemed to recover, which is good. Which leads me to the next case that was made public, which affects our very own Boston Celtics, Marcus Smart. How did you guys feel when you had heard the news at first when someone as from the Boston area was uh, tested positive for Corona? Uh, you just the first thing you wonder is, did he catch it from Gobert? Because, I mean, they played Utah, uh, you know, a few days before or I think it was maybe less than a week before, uh, you know, they ended up shutting the league down and it was determined that Gobert had tested positive. So that's like my first thought was, I wonder how he contracted it. Um, and I mean, Marcus Smart, of all people, I, I love Marcus Smart. Like He's my I'm number one in his fan club and just the type of guy he is that the coronavirus stood no chance against him. I mean, when, he, when he said he had no symptoms, it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, but I mean, oh, yeah, first, that thing went running. Yeah. <laughs> I realized it running. screwed up. Marcus, yeah. No, 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 no. He, wait, he was covering Rudy Gobert, isn't he? Like two times the size of this man. I'm going to go ahead and go the other way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's the first thing I thought of was, was it Gobert that he contracted it from or was there another you know, another player, another team, or like how that was my main concern was how did he catch it? And then is someone else on the team going to test positive for it? You know, they actually were keeping his uh, identity secret at first. They said a player on the Celtics has tested positive and he came out on his own social media and kind of told the fans what was going on. Chris, do you think he did the right thing or was that, you know, was that the Marcus Smart way to go about it? Or do you think he should have kept it private? No, I think, you know, it, for him, him doing it is, is obviously the right thing. I mean, the team couldn't announce that because obviously there's laws and stuff that's in place to prevent that information. But, you know, he's probably one of the remaining high, you know, high profile players in, in the Boston landscape now, now that Mookie and, and Tom Brady are not, you know, part of New England any longer. So, yeah, I, I would say like him going out there and just saying that, hey, he's OK, because had it leaked out and then now he's got to backtrack and you know, start to explain a little bit more, get out ahead of it, let the people know that you're okay. Like, I personally, I was surprised it was him, you know, and I, I don't want to take away the the other players in the roster, you know what I mean? But, um, you know, I was a little surprised that, that it was him, but uh, I'm happy that it's nothing, you know, more than, like, he's, you know, he seems to be doing better like, from what I was reading last Friday from um, Brad Stevens. You know, he said that, 
Marcus Smart's doing a lot better. He's joking. He's back to kind of his old self. So hopefully, you know, similar to the two players in the Jazz, you know, who now symptom-free, um, Marcus can be symptom-free and he can start to train at home and get ready for when they eventually go back to play. Mm. Now, Derek, do you think uh, Kemba Walker was a little bit excited that he had that knee injury the last couple weeks that kept him off the court when they played the Utah Jazz? <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Or, you know, uh, Jason Tatum, I think, sat out a couple games. And so, yeah, maybe guys were kind of kind of happy that they were missing some time. Um, going back to your question about smart coming, you know, coming out and addressing basically addressing the fans and everyone else. I think it's a, a great move just to let them know, you know, that he's doing OK. Um, but also he used it as an opportunity to tell people like to take this seriously. Here's what you got to do. Here's how I'm handling it. You know, I'm doing everything the doctors say. You guys got to follow suit so we can kind of stop this thing. Um, and clearly they need more people to do that because there are still people not listening and not taking this thing seriously. No, that's, that's a great point, Derek, because yeah, uh, he's say, actually that, considered he it, I mean, like I think when you guys touched on this, actually, he's becoming a, one of the faces of the Boston sports scene. And he's known as the Boston sports tough guy. So for the tough guy to get it and the tough guy to come out and say, hey, everybody can get this. This is not immune to anyone. No one is safe. If you if you go out there and you do the wrong things, be be smart, stay inside, clean up and, you know, do your part. We can really flatten this curve. And uh, Marcus Smart, you know, I give him credit for that because, you know, in times of panic, you look to what we look at as, you know, the superheroes. And Marcus Smart is becoming kind of one of those superhero figures in Boston sports. For sure. Uh, and credit to, like, the Celtics and the, the Boston media for not releasing, um, you know, that it was him and letting him come forward and uh, let everyone know that he was the one that was diagnosed. Uh, you know, you mentioned Christian Wood from Detroit. I don't know if you've seen the story, but um, when they released, you know, when he his name got released in the media, his mo- he hadn't even had a chance to tell his mother yet. So, like, oh, he's... Wow. Yeah, he's kind of all, you know, bent out of shape. And Dwayne Casey, the coach of the Pistons, was upset that that's how it, you know, happened and how unprofessional it was. So, you know, credit to the the Celtics staff and the Boston media who knew and, you know, kind of kept it under wraps. Absolutely. Chris, do you have any other thoughts about, you know, how this thing's affected Marcus Smart and the Celtics and kind of, you know, how it all went about? Well, I mean take away the virus piece uh Kemba Walker is definitely someone who kind of needed an uh, you know an extended timeout and you know he's getting this extra time off and it's not affecting you know missed games at this point you know what I mean so um he gets time to rest up you know all the players and every, every player in the league you know that they've been banged up and stuff but um you know and then just to kind of piggyback really quick and then what, what's the guy's actually thoughts on James Dolan actually yesterday they announced mm-hmm. that he tested positive for and i actually i had like a, a tweet that was like lined up that was completely inappropriate but you know i don't want that karma to come back around you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> no that's i mean it, it, it it's scarier just because of his age in comparison to the players yeah. obviously but from what i've heard he's re, he might even be asymptomatic at this point yeah uh he may not be going through you know the real lows of the virus so you know my thoughts are out to him i hope he gets better but uh, you don't even have to say what your tweet is. I could kind of see where you're going with this because I think everyone's on the same page with James Dolan. <laughs> it's crazy to see like all these different cases 
uh, and how it really varies, like, and how intense it is and how it affects others, you know, from person to person. Like, a guy like Smart, who, you know, may have had some symptoms but was relatively unharmed. And you have Doris Burke, who said she couldn't, you know, get out of bed for more than five minutes at a time um, because mm-hmm. the thing had just, like, wiped her out. So it's it's pretty crazy to see just the, the degree to which this thing affects different people. Yeah, you know, and it's funny that you say that because I was kind of thinking about that a little bit. And I don't, I don't want to go – I'm not going to go political here because it's not my forum. But it's sort of like, you know, there's been people who have complained publicly on how these athletes have had access to this test. And, you know, in a way, like, whether they're paying for it or the team is paying for it or the league is paying for it, I still think it's really good information, too, because here's – you can get, like, these guys are in the utmost of shape. They're young. And granted, it's not a young – you know, it's affecting young people now, you know, even in Massachusetts more so than I think people thought it was going to. Uh, but at least there's some extra data and information you can kind of get. And, and to your point, it's affecting everybody differently. And it seems like these players – they're recovering quickly, and you know what I mean? I, it could be something that, again, they can take that data and information and kind of use it elsewhere as we start to learn more about this disease and stuff. I just – I was frustrated hearing because I listened to Celtics podcast earlier, and they were kind of poo-pooing on the whole athletes shouldn't have access to these tests. Well, mm. at some point, you need to get tested, whether you make millions of dollars and you can shoot a basketball better than I can or not. You know, at some point, you're going to need to get tested if you're showing symptoms. So just – who cares if, you know, now, in my opinion, the league, you know, these leagues and all that, they're doing a lot of money towards like the vendors and stuff like that that aren't going to get to play. Wouldn't really wouldn't mind seeing maybe they take some money too and kind of get it to some of these hospitals, these facilities that, that need this equipment, that need gloves and masks and hand sanitizer, like really anything. You know what I mean? Um, there's so many hospitals just in the Boston area alone, like the Celtics they could just start a precedent right then and there to be like, hey, we're going to step up and we're going to do this for all the Boston local hospitals. And, you know, I think that'd be huge, personally. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you've seen some players step up and donate some money. Um, I even saw see some former players like Stefan Marbury's trying to get a bunch of, um, you know, medical masks shipped over from China. They should take all but... of his old Starberry shoes and turn them into masks. <laughs> well, he's your plug for China. He, I mean, yeah, he right. is a Chinese basketball legend. That's right. can get what you need. Okay, so we've talked about kind of how the COVID-19 has really affected the Celtics and some of the players. But now let's just talk about the NBA as a whole. You know, the season was obviously going forward. If we had already passed the trade deadline and the all-star break, and it was really getting to the home stretch of the season. How does the pause, not necessarily the virus, but the pause affect the NBA? Derek, why don't you start with your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of, it almost resets it for a lot of teams. Um, you know, there was, uh, most teams had less than 20 games left. Uh, so it hit in the home stretch. And Chris mentioned, you know, Kemba Walker and other guys were banged up. So you give those guys a chance to get healthy. And, you know, by the time, if and when they resume, everyone's kind of assuming back to full health. And it kind of resets their roster a little bit. You know, Brad Stevens has come out and said he already did his typical, like, postseason analysis. He's already done that, even though the season technically is still going on. So it gives you a chance to kind of reassess things. Um that you normally wouldn't be able to do in the middle of a season. Uh, so I just think it kind of resets the, the slate for a lot of teams. Chris, do you think that 
this is going to be something that hurts the teams that were hot. I mean, obviously it will hurt them, but I mean, do you think that they'll be able to rebound? Do you think that teams that were maybe slumping can get out of it? Do you think that this is like day one, like opening night all over again? Or do you think teams will be able to pick up kind of where they left off just because they were playing so well? I know it's going to be some time, but, you know, sometimes chemistry and momentum can carry throughout. I don't I don't see any team just kind of picking up where they left off, uh, you know, especially if they were going to – all right, well, if they were going to play next week, okay, maybe. Maybe some of those teams could kind of just pick it up and kind of, you know, run with it. But, you know, if we're looking at maybe June, possibly July, maybe before these guys start to play, I don't. Um, you know, and I think at that point, you know, yeah, it level sets the league. And it, and it to me, teams that, you know, that are older, like I look at a team like the Lakers, like you're going to give LeBron who – you're going to give LeBron time off, get healthier, Anthony Davis, like that roster to get healthier. I know people are around here, you know, are talking about like Kyrie and Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant can come back and all this. But, you know, I'm not even going to worry about the Nets whatsoever. But, um, yeah, I think I think it does. It allows teams to level set and, and just get healthy. Um, I, I like the fact, though. That if they are going to play later in, in you know June and July, and a lot of people have said this could be like a new model, and maybe kind of see like what the fan interest is going to be, to where maybe they start the year around Christmas time and go to this time of year, um, which wouldn't be a bad thing because they're not competing against the NFL all the time. Um, so I, I don't, I see a lot of positives at least for the NBA where you know they, they can try to do it right and and you know, maybe kind of set the model for like some of these other leagues too. Yeah. They're actually, you know, I know there's been rumblings that the NBA brass, uh, they actually would like a finals in July, August, which would be to you, which would speak to, would help out what you're saying is saying that they'd start in December around Christmas time. So they would, so maybe the delay here now will kind of coast that in the right direction and next season won't start till Christmas and it will go through the summer because it won't compete as much with football and stuff, which would be kind of crazy. I mean, if you think about the NBA, unless like you're a diehard NBA fan, you know, when, when do people really get, you know, kind of like dialed into basketball, you know, when basketball starts, you have, you you get the start of the NFL. um, You got hockey, which whatever hockey, um, you know, I just think in the respect where I like, I started to get a little more in tune around basketball, like right after around Christmas time. And you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that's like their Super Bowl. You have pretty much everybody is off from work. You know what I mean? Like that is your platform to get the, the world kind of engaged in your product, uh, in your uh, product. Um, you have the city edition jerseys, you get all this stuff that you're launching. I think it's a perfect time. And then you run it into this time of year. And why not? There's no other sports happening. There's nothing going on in the summer. Other than baseball, it's perfect. Derek, how big of an opening day do you think the NBA could have if it was on Christmas? Oh, man. It'd be awesome. I mean, they're already the, uh, you know, they already have all eyes on them on Christmas Day anyway, because they're, you know, the only sport that, um, maybe there's hockey, I'm not sure, but they're really the only sport that, um, is on national, you know, national TV from noon to midnight on Christmas. Um, so they've already got all eyes on them. 
And it's a great opportunity for them to see how things go. You know, if they have some games in July and August, it's almost like a, a test case for them without having to make any adjustments. It's like a built-in, uh, you know, test for them. They can do a dry run, see how it goes, and then you know they have some data to to work with if they want to make a change moving forward. I love basketball on, on Christmas. I really do. Do you think that there would be more games on Christmas if that was their opening night? Uh, no, I mean, you know, right now when they do opening night in like the end of October, they usually have like two or three games. So I still think if they did opening day on Christmas, they could just have a, a handful of games. And then the next night, you know, everyone begins their season. Yeah, I think you put your premier teams, you know, kind of like, you know, the NFL for the most part has their same teams on Thanksgiving with, you know, the Cowboys, Bears, Lions. Um, you could do the same thing within the NBA, you know, that could be your Lakers, your Celtics. Um, if the Knicks were better, I'd say throw them out there, but, um, you know, I, maybe even like the heat, wherever, you know, LeBron's on the Lakers, but like wherever, like your big marquee players are, you know, and you don't need a million games. You need, you can kick it off at noon, maybe run four games and you know what, maybe, the NBA chooses the teams who play on that Christmas day based off how you played the, the previous year. The evening matchup could be, you know, a, a replay of your finals. So the two teams are in the finals. If you, there's so much they could do with that. And I think it would, not that I don't really think the NBA needs more to kind of really brand the products. I, I think that they're doing a really good job behind the NFL, but they could really begin to separate themselves. So if there were, if there was a positive from the coronavirus and stopping plays, not only NBA but MLB, NHL, they can real they can look at their products. Okay, let's try this differently now. Yeah, well, it almost seems like a, like a like a free pass to try new things and see what things would work and kind of test it out. Yep. Yeah, as I say, the MLB especially if if they're if the NBA is thinking about playing in the summer and now all of a sudden you know baseball has competition, um, they might want to think about ways to improve their game to to keep people's attention. Oh, talk about letting a fire under the MLB executive group, because there is not, I mean, the NBA is on a, on a high incline in terms of popularity and baseball is on a pretty much a nosedive in terms of the youth and who's in the baseball. If you had to have baseball compete with basketball for most of their regular season, you're going to need some big time changes to keep up. For sure. So we talked about we talked a little bit about how this affected the NBA, but I never really asked you guys point blank. Do you guys think the NBA will resume in 2020? Derek, let's start with you. Ooh, I think. Ooh, I mean, at, at some point, yeah. And they seem, you know, pretty set on coming back at some point. You know, they've talked about having uh, like the finals, you know, at Labor Day as like their their date for the finals, um, which I don't know how that impacts you know, next season moving forward, but, you know, maybe they do push the season back and start in December. Uh, but I do think, you know, they will do everything in their power to, to continue this season at some point. My biggest fantasy football draft is on that weekend. I can't even imagine basketball finals being on. <laughs> Baseball, football, talk about sports overload. But what about you, Chris? Do you think they'll have a tw- the rest of the 2020 season? I do. Um, I, you know, I selfishly, I want all of these sports to come back. Um, it's just the world just doesn't feel right 
without like you know sports. <laughs> it you, doesn't. You, you really like you, you really realize like how much you take for granted um, everyday life and the, the fact that at any point you can turn on any sports channel and watch whatever. And now you know, luckily we're getting some replays of games and things like that. It could take it down memory lane, but it's just it's still not the same. But um, yeah, I, I do. I think they're gonna come back and play. I think they're gonna come back and play just off of just you know the message of hey you know what like we were able to as a country and as a world fight against the the virus and you know come back and come back strong um none of these leagues can afford to not finish out their year or in baseball they i don't think baseball can afford to not play like i don't think you can lose a season there's you know and then baseball's already done different things where there's different rules that the, that the league and the players voted on for what they're going to do for service time and free agency and things like that. So none of these sports can afford it. The NFL really looks like the only one that's on track to being currently on time. So and then obviously that can change. So as long as everything kind of stays the course and it feels like we're trying to keep it contained the way it is. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised June 1 to July 1 in that ball, you know, that ballpark, that frame time, you know, time frame, whatever. I think that works, but I would honestly be more shocked if they don't finish any of these leagues. I, I like, I can't even fathom that. I don't want to fathom that. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine taking away a potential MVP season from LeBron in LA? Can you imagine taking away a possible final between LeBron and the Lakers and Giannis and the Bucks or the Celtics? I, I completely agree with you guys. I definitely think there's going to be a season. And from what I've kind of gathered from, you know, the players and the execs of the NBA is they're willing to do whatever it takes to get it to come back. Yeah, I think I think the only question is in like what capacity do they return? Do they pick it up right where things left off or do they kind of, you know, forego the rest of the season you know, whatever the standings are now, that's your playoff matchups. And then they give these guys like a, a couple of weeks to start practicing again. Do they reduce, you know, the amount of teams in the playoffs? Cause like the NBA playoffs typically last a couple months. You know, they usually start mm-hmm. middle of April. The finals kind of ends in middle of June. Uh, can you, you know, afford, depending on when you pick the season up again, can you afford to have two months of, of postseason um, in addition to the remainder of the regular season? So it'll be interesting to see how they come back, but I definitely think they will at, at some point and just we'll see in what capacity. So let me put both of you on the hot seat here. If you had to pick, no ifs, no buts, no backouts, Chris, <laughs> give me a date when the NBA is back. I'm going to go, I'm going to go June 15th. Middle of June, Okay. What about you? What about you, Derek? Uh, I say June 1st. You know, they, they said you know, it's indefinite right now, but a lot. I mean, if if they're targeting September for their finals, I think it's got to start in June at the, the latest. Uh, so I think beginning of June. Beginning of June, yes. I would have to. I love the optimism in the beginning of June, but I'm actually going to think July 1st only because the how really uh how bad it has gotten with the virus in New York and you know seems to be the main 
cities across the country, and those are really your basketball cities. You New York's, yeah. uh, Boston, Chicago's, LA's. So I think. Well, I mean, New York doesn't have anything to worry about careful. because right, their the season's already over. About, yeah, the Knicks, the Knicks were out of it before it started. And then the Nets, I mean, they the second that Kyrie even put his name on the contract, it was they were doomed <laughs> from the start. Well, they're um, fighting for an eight seed. Yeah. They're in it right now. They are in playoff contention. I know they fired their coach, and they've gotten crazy. And Shocker. Kyrie's Kyrie for the season. And, you know, we didn't even mention it was Kevin Durant got COVID-19. That's true. He 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 did. That's, that's so another one, too. So they're going to have to be ultra, ultra, ultra careful. I mean, Kevin Durant saw how – how strong COVID-19 was getting. He just had to join. <laughs> Is that inappropriate? Is that too soon? I'm sorry. That's incredible. <laughs> That's great. Um, hey, so oh, I want to actually, I want to ask something about Sorry, Durant Mr. Durant. <laughs> of course. Do you, um, do you think that the playoffs in general, though, like they need to reduce it down? Like, you know, the seven game series for the first round, especially coming back from this, really, my opinion, should go five games. Yeah, that's what it used to be. And the they, yeah, first round used to be best of five. Um, you know, I, to me, like the final, the NBA, the playoffs, I, in my like they're just way too long. Yeah. It's like two months. It's almost like another beginning of a season. It's just it's it could be draining. Mm-hmm. But, well, especially if your team's not in it. You know, if your team's not in it, <laughs> then you're just like, oh, whatever. Um, but no, I, I would like to see them go like five games for that for that that round. Um. Well, I, I'm not sure if you guys heard anything else in where maybe they could do something different for the playoffs. I know, like, MLB talked about round robin and all this other stuff, but just something else to kind of expedite it along, kind of finish it out, and it's going to be the wackiest season, finals to any season. Nothing will ever top this. Yeah, for sure. No, I mean, I haven't heard any, uh, like, any scenario or anything that they're thinking of doing. I know they've talked about, like doing some in-season stuff um, in the in the future, they've like thrown around the idea of having a like some type of tournament where the winner gets an automatic berth into the playoffs or something like that. Obviously, that wouldn't really apply for this situation. Um, but one thing I was just thinking about when the NBA does return, do they return at like full capacity, like letting arenas, you know, fans fill up the arenas, or do they just play in front of no one just to get people, you know, back to watching basketball again? It's, I think it's going to probably be empty or reduced crowds. Yeah. Can I, you know, I think you get a little bit of a picture kind of painted with, you know, with the president going on TV tonight and saying that he wants, he would like to see everything be back by June 1st or in a better position by June 1st. That's why I said June 15th. Um, they extended social, the social distancing guidelines to the end of April. So, you know, I, I don't, I would be really hard pressed that they're going to let facilities fill up with tens of thousands of people just a month or two right after potentially getting it under control. I I find it to I just don't see that happening. Do you guys see a big hurdle with the NBA? Because their biggest star, LeBron James, has been very outspoken about not wanting to play in empty arenas. He thinks that he the fans deserve to see the games and he really wants them to be there. Do you think that they will wait until the CDC and, you know, the powers that that be give it the okay for full arenas? Or do you think that they will kind of do what's best for the league and just keep it private? I think uh, he's kind of walked those comments back a little bit too, after he was so like adamant about not 
um, you know, not playing in front of empty arenas. Cause I think like him, like a lot of other people didn't think it was a serious issue. And then they asked him about it, um, you know, again after that. And he was kind of like, well, obviously it'd be upsetting to not play in front of fans, but if that's, if that's safe and that's what people are, you know, advising us to do, then I guess that's what we got to do. So he, he kind of walked it back a little bit. So I think he would just, he would just go out and play. All right. So we've kind of covered most of the different angles with the suspension and, and the virus and everything. Now let me go ahead and extend to you gentlemen, pretend that you are the commissioner of the NBA, the National Basketball Association. You've stated when you want it to come back, right? That's locked and solid. You can't change your mind now. <laughs> How would you bring back the NBA? Would you let them have regular season games? Would you give them maybe a quick training camp and then go right into the playoffs? I'm not going to say any more options. I want to hear what you guys think. Chris, start with you. I would like to see them kind of pick up where they left off because there are some races that you know out there. There are some teams that are trying to fight for those last playoff spots. And generally those seven and eight teams, they don't really make it past the first round anyway. But a lot of these teams, they, they these teams, they've lost revenue. They've lost the, you know, just again, revenue. So any team that gets the possibility to try to get some of that back and in the playoffs, even if there is a crowd there, um, <laughs> You get an opportunity for people to work again. Um, so yeah, I'd like to. I would like to see them try to pick it up where they left off. If if you can't do that, and that is absolutely CDC says no, we, it needs to be. You can play, but it has to be with no crowd. Then at that point, at that point, I would probably then consider saying, okay, let's just end it as the regular season the way that it was, and just start the playoffs, reduce down the rounds, and just just go. Now, Chris, let me ask you this: If let's say you know the government and CDC and everyone else say that crowds cannot be present, we're going to play players and coaches and basketball personnel only in the stadiums. Do you think that they go back to the team stadiums, or do you think that they grab some smaller kind of cool locations because you don't need grandstands that you would need if you were playing, say, at the Staples Center or the Garden? I'd go smaller venues. I try to find smaller venues within the within the areas of some of those teams for sure. You know, um, you know, you can get. I I heard with like the Lakers, they talked about maybe the um, where uh, Kobe's academy was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for them, um, I would go small small facilities. I mean, again, there there's there's we're not talking money at this point for them to make money. You know what I mean? Just the smaller setting, it, it could bring out, you know, just like that old school feel for some of these players. Maybe you get some competitiveness that you might, you know, might be losing because there's no crowd. Because these players, undoubtedly, they they feed off the crowd. You know what I mean? Like to watch an NBA Finals and there be no fan reaction when any player hits a three with like seconds left. Like, what's that going to be like? I, I, I think about it too, like, you know, next weekend is WrestleMania. It's going to be recorded. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a you watch two night recording, you're... yes. Exactly. So, like, if you're a wrestling fan and you want to see like that WrestleMania moment, you know, like I remember, like not not that I want to go on a tangent of wrestling here, but like when Seth Rollins, Let's do it! Title, <laughs> you know, what I mean? like it was pretty cool. It was like just an awesome experience of like the crowd and everything else. Just think of like if the Celtics won the NBA Finals this season in like a gymnasium in like at Boston University. And there's no one there to celebrate it. Just that's going to be so 
I just think it diminishes it a little bit. Like what we get to feel and feed off of the, the, uh, the, the players and vice versa, it just makes what sports are. I just, I don't want to lose that, but if you have to, for the betterment of the world because of this virus and we got to do it, but I just don't want to lose that. Now, Chris, if there are no crowds and it's real quiet in that stadium, are you worried about the amount of sneaker squeaks you'll hear on your your, your TV? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's gonna be tough to watch. I can't. I like. I won't watch wrestling. It's just. It's the most awkward thing now to watch them with no crowd. It's just a bunch of dudes playing fighting. It's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> I know we didn't want to go on a wrestling tangent, but here but we like, are. When Brock came thing, out with no crowd, the, that was weird. It's the only thing you could compare, though, because it's the only thing course, that yeah. that's that's it's actually the only thing going on. Exactly, it's trying to remain relevant. You know what I mean? Where, you know, but they did the same thing, smaller venue, and it it's still awkward. It's still weird. I yep. would love to I would love to hear how the mics are going to be set up, though, to hear some of what these players are going to say, though. Mm. Oh, yeah, what wow. I wouldn't what I wouldn't give to hear Kevin Garnett play in an empty arena. I mean, you could hear him. You could hear him when the stands were full, but imagine the JR Smith play with LeBron yelling at him with no fans. (laughs) Well, we heard out of LeBron's mouth yelling at JR Smith. That would be a a cool aspect of it. it. You've had a chance. Chris is gone. He put on his commissioner hat. He gave out his scenario. You've had a chance to sit back, relax, think about it. Commissioner Derek, what does the NBA season look like? If you were in charge. So when this first happened, I my immediate reaction was, all right, when they come back, just go straight to the playoffs. Because everyone, you know, a lot of people that watch and the NBA, a lot of casual NBA fans, like, are, you know, think the regular season doesn't matter. You know, it's it's all about the playoffs. Um, so let, let's go right into the playoffs. But then I thought about it more, and I've seen some of the players, kind of their thoughts behind it and how – you know, you're you're off for so long and how difficult it would be for them to just pick it right back up and go into a playoff setting and how how bad the, the brand of basketball would be. So I've kind of I've thought about it and maybe they come back and, you know, forgo the rest of the regular season, just kind of where the standings are. But give them, you know, a couple weeks to, to practice and, and train and get back in shape and then go into the playoffs. I just think there are I mean, it would screw over a couple teams for sure that are fighting for playoff seeding. The Celtics being one of them, they're still in a race for the two seed, but I just, I just think at this point there's only about 15 or 16 games or so left. Just jump into the postseason. That's what, that's what people really want to see with the NBA anyway. Right. Cause I mean, you get so many maintenance days. You all, you always hear that they turned it on in the playoffs. Cause you're right. Fans have gotten this. They've gotten this idea that NBA players don't care about the regular season, and yeah. they can turn it off and turn it on. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, and if they come when they come back, maybe like give them a quick couple of weeks to play some regular season games. Maybe it helps hash out some of the uh, races that are that are going on, and then jump right into it. Now, do you either of you guys do you think that they would expand the playoffs if that they let's just say hypothetically. Uh, Adam Silver says no more regular season. We're jumping right into the playoffs. Do you think that they go eight and eight, or do you think they expand? I mean, if you want to expand but do smaller series, like if you want to expand and maybe start off with like a three game series, this could be different. Maybe like I just, 
I've already said I think that the 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 playoffs are just too long. I mean, you want to get you want to get basketball back, and it's going to allow again the league to try to recoup some money back in these teams. But you know, while I want there to be basketball and I want to see basketball, I just don't want something to be drawn out either. You know what I mean? Like, just come to a, a good conclusion to this season, put it to bed, end the just a terrible 2020 so far and, and then just you know start getting ready for the off season and the draft and everything else right because the draft comes in july so if they're not playing until july you have to think that the draft doesn't happen until f- the fall sometime i yeah i would say i would yeah um i mean mlb has already announced that they're going to delay their draft um so yeah NFL though, to their credit, their status quo. Well, the the NFL gets a, you know, they don't skate through all this, but they get the closest thing that you can get to skating through this whole virus because everything that's happening in their off season can be done at a very strong distance. You can do yeah. the draft via emails and phones and texts and this and that. You can do free agent signings through phones and texts and this and that. So they're getting to be able to just kind of, like you said business as usual but the nba you know they're hit as hard as anybody now derek do you have any final thoughts on the whole nba suspension and where it's going to go and what it was and you know put a bow on this whole thing no i mean i think we covered pretty much everything i'm just interested to see i'm very convinced that they will come back at some point i'm just interested to see and how they come back um if they try anything new uh, you know with the playoffs or or anything um, and see how it affects them moving forward. Because like you said, the draft would now fall in the middle of their, you know, picked up season. Same thing with like their free agency period. So it it forces them to, to change things up and maybe it'll be a permanent change. So I'm just interested to see how it all plays out. Chris, do you have any final thoughts on this whole suspension and everything else? Yeah, you know, I thinking about this and I was just kind of, browsing through Twitter, um, if you think about in a span of, like, what, six to eight weeks, the NBA has lost Kobe Bryant and potentially their season. Like, that's just wild. And never – if you were to say to me six months ago, this was going to happen, be ready for it, I would have told you that you're crazy. You know, not that I want to go all morbid at the end here. But, but, you know, just the fact that the league lost – one of the their biggest stars and he wasn't an active player anymore and now they could lose the entire year that's just it's it just i don't know it's tough to put into words it's it's just really just it sucks the whole thing just sucks and what a season it was you know at the time like you had lebron back at the top of the league leading the lakers in the west you had Kawhi sharing the same stadium as him you had the celtics battling the Bucks and the Sixers and the Heat were good. It seemed like they were going to have a great stretch run and a great home stretch of games for the NBA. It's just, it's like you said, it's to put into words. Well, now that we've gotten all sad, uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I, don't, I mean, if you guys don't have anything else to put on this, I mean, it is what it is. Like, it is a somber time out there right now with yeah. sports and no NBA in general. And, you know, what can you do? Just 
do your part, you know, stay inside and watch the Tiger hands, King. Don't touch your face. What? Has, we could do a whole podcast <laughs> on that. We I still could do finish. a whole. I still gotta finish it, so we're gonna have to stay, hold that podcast. Stay, stay tuned for Derek and I's spinoff podcast, <laughs> The Tiger King. And what are you watching? <laughs> But no, I got to get started on got, that then. I, 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 everybody keeps Chris, talking about it. Chris, you got to watch it. The wildest thing I've ever seen. Riveting is the best word I have ever <laughs> seen, I mean, I've ever heard put on that show. It is very riveting. For sure. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, if that's it, that's going to be our first episode of Above the Parquet. We're sorry we don't have more current events to talk about in terms of the players and such because – they're in suspension. So I would just like to say, if you're a fan of the Boston Sports Syndicate, check us out at thebostonsportssyndicate.com. Check out Derek's and Chris's and Bill's and everyone who writes for us. They do a great job on there. You can get all our social medias on that website. For Derek, for Chris, stay safe out there, everybody. Take care, guys. Adios. Boston Sports Syndicate. Music for the Boston Sports Syndicate provided by IMCDM.